a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. America's first vice president, John Adams, declared the office of the vice president powerless, a constitutional afterthought. Uh, the most insignificant office the that had ever been invented or contrived. Uh, is he right? Is he wrong? What's the power? What's the purpose of the vice presidency? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, a lot of vice presidents complain about uh, being caged in a little bit, being a little isolated, marginalized, all of those kinds of things. Is that really true? Uh, is there much more to the office? Are there some unique opportunities that vice presidents have both here at home and on the world stage? Joining us to break all of that down, uh, pleased as always to have joining us Olivier Knox, national political correspondent and the anchor, uh, author of the anchor of the Daily 202 at the Washington Post. That's something I check every day. You got to get that on your list as well. It is the source to go to. And Olivier, before we get into all the roles of the vice presidency, I actually want to start with something that I think is really significant uh, that you covered uh, in the 202 today, and that is Vice President Harris's uh, trip to Japan uh, for the funeral of uh, the former uh, prime minister there. And uh, give us just some sense of that trip. I think it will be instructive in terms of how we look at the vice presidency. Yeah, Kamala Harris is really checking all the boxes uh, on this this, uh, this trip to Japan and South Korea. You know, she's attending the state funeral for the former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was assassinated away on the campaign trail. Um, she has met with the the, uh, the leaders of Japan, South Korea, and Australia, all critical partners in the effort to rein in China's rise in the Indo-Pacific. Um, she will be meeting with, uh, if she hasn't already, meeting with American troops. She's going to go Thursday to the demilitarized zone that separates North and South Korea. Uh, we don't expect a ton of, of hard news out of this trip, but its main purpose is actually pretty important. Basically, she is uh, taking the temperature of the alliances, reassuring the allies before President Biden attends the Group of 20 Nations Summit in November in Indonesia. Uh, and I think that is so important. Uh, these are such crucial partners uh, in a part of the world that uh, we, we have to have strong partners there. And uh, I think her role in this trip, as you mentioned, kind of greasing the skids, checking the temperature, and really creating space, I think, for President Biden to come along after in, in terms of what those conversations need to be. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you want to, you want to, by the time a president arrives at a major international summit, um, usually all sides know what's going to be agreed upon and what's being disagreed upon. Uh, a lot of the mystery gets banished with uh, staff work. So, you know, the assistant secretary of state for Far East Affairs or you know, the national security advisor, all these folks talk to their counterparts and the run up to a summit 
And in a lot of ways, you know, Kamala Harris is acting as kind of a super ambassador yeah. uh, by attending this state funeral, by talking to these world leaders. She is, uh, you know, again, she's reassuring them. Um, we've seen her talk about the ironclad commitment uh, from the United States to Japan's security. Uh, we've seen her talk uh, talk up U.S.-South Korea relations, U.S.-Australia relations. All this stuff is pretty important heading heading toward that summit. Yeah, I think that's so vital. And, and sometimes we do kind of discount the vice president. They usually uh, get to be the butt of the jokes on the late night uh, TV circuit uh, because they're right. just kind of that sitting duck there. Uh, but I think the work that uh, Vice President Harris is doing, particularly on this trip, uh, I think is absolutely vital uh, and so crucial to, again, those those critical partners in the region, especially as it relates to what's happening in China. Uh, and, and help us dig into that just a, a little bit more. You, you talk about that pre-work that gets done on these kinds of trips. Uh, anything else that is kind of emerging from this? I know it's not the big headline things, but are there some yeah. relationships developing? What's happening that we should be watching for? Well, there is one interesting dynamic um, that I think bears watching because uh, South Korea, Japan, uh, Sweden, Germany, and Britain are all pretty unhappy with what Biden is trumpeting on the campaign trail as a major democratic success, namely the uh, signing of the Inflation Reduction Act into law. Now, one, of the, uh, one of the provisions of the IRA, as it's being called, is uh, massive subsidies, billions of dollars in subsidies for electric vehicles and electric batteries built in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's to induce manufacturing to move to the U.S. Well, move from where? Well, South Korea, Japan, <laughs> Germany, Sweden, Britain. So they're all they're all actually they're actually pretty upset. In particular, South Korea. Yeah. The reason South Korea is particularly upset is that when Joe Biden was there a few months ago, they announced uh, a billion dollar, I think it's ten billion dollars total in Hyundai investments mm. in U.S. plants. Now, those plants won't be done until 2025. And that means that Hyundai, between now and 2025, won't benefit from the subsidies in the Inflation Reduction Act. Mm. So they feel kind of betrayed because Biden was stood on a stage, uh, you know, with Hyundai's chairman, announced this this deal, talked up the U.S.-South Korea relationship, and then not that long afterwards was signing the IRA, which disadvantages South Korean producers, among others. Oh, wow. And that's uh, that's where the role of the vice presidency uh, becomes to, to maybe clean up a little bit <laughs> in terms of yes, those, yeah. those relationships, which is part of the job. And I, I think that's probably part of the reason, uh, and you pointed this out in the Daily 202 today, uh, how many vice presidents over the years have uh, have mumbled and grumbled uh, about what the role really is. Uh, but it really does have a, a strategic purpose. And if done properly, I think can actually have a lot of impact. Yes, and one of the things I wanted to point out is the gap between the early republic and, and sort of the way it is now, with yes. an inflection point in the late 40s through the early 60s. So, uh, you know, there's not really a lot for the vice president to do in the Constitution. In fact, the founders sort of thought of it as a, as a bit of an afterthought. Um, you know, okay, break Senate ties. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> it, for, for, a long time, for a long time, it wasn't even clear whether the vice president belonged to the legislative branch or the executive branch. Right, right. Well, that, that, that begins to change in the late 1940s through the 1960s. The vice president all of a sudden gets conclusively brought into the executive branch. The vice president is one of the senior members of the National Security Council. So all of a sudden they have a much bigger foreign policy portfolio. And then over time, they become uh, sort of the, the first among peers in the cabinet. A super ambassador when the president can't himself go overseas, um, a deputy president in some ways. You know, remember, think about the role um, that Lyndon Johnson played for John F. Kennedy. You know, right. wrangling votes in the Senate. Think about Al Gore 
uh, in uh, under Bill Clinton, you know, reinventing government. Think of the immense power that Dick Cheney wielded over the national security apparatus of the United States during George W. Bush's eight years in office. And think of Joe Biden under Barack Obama getting handed every uh, every thankless task, you know, making sure the stimulus dollars all got to the right place, managing Iraq policy, managing gun policy. I mean, he really had a lot of crap at times. Yeah, he did. And uh, and I think that actually helped him uh, prepare him for the presidency in a, in a really interesting way in terms of uh, how that all plays out there. Uh, as you look at the, the continuing evolution and some people are, you know, you, you kind of have that uh, split screen of, OK, one heartbeat away from the presidency, uh, which seems to be the forever heartbeat away from from the presidency for many. Right. Uh, and, and then you have, again, a lot of this uh, behind the scenes, hard work, heavy lifting, uh, far away from cameras and spotlights, uh, where there's a lot of criticism, not a lot of praise. Uh, but this really is, a, uh, I think, something that could be, I, I always said if a vice president was really going to be deployed, I, I think uh, President Biden should have uh, Kamala Harris sit and preside over the Senate every day, uh, as outlined in the Constitution, and, and not let the parties drive what's happening on the floor, but uh, sit in the chair and, and actually call things to the floor and make them take votes. <laughs> that, that would certainly be an approach, but I'm not sure that Kamala Harris would be all that psyched about it. Because, of course, <laughs> she, she, like, she, like the rest of us, is trying to take the temperature and figure out whether Joe Biden is running for re-election in 2024. Mm. And so one of the reasons that, you know, she's been doing more foreign policy stuff is that she wants to burnish her foreign policy credentials. Should she be you know, the the vice president running for the presidency and not merely the vice president running for another term as vice president. Yeah, um, I think she you know, she, her her thankless job has been to try to tackle the root causes of the uh, vast immigration flows to the United States. You know, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas is in charge of the border, strictly speaking. She's in charge of the uh, of the root causes of what is pushing or pulling millions of Latin Americans to the border, the southern border um, with Mexico. Um, and that's thankless. There's not really a ton of stuff that a U.S. vice president can do about crime in El Salvador, uh, socialist, brutal socialist government in Venezuela, poverty, climate change and the rest. There's not a, they don't have a lot of levers yeah. to tug on. So that's kind of been her thankless job in, in, in this term. Yeah. Well, there always are the thankless jobs. And uh, I think, as you pointed out uh, in your piece today, uh, it caused uh, one vice president to say that the, the role was not worth a, uh, what do you say, a warm bucket of spit? <laughs> was the... a, bu- a bucket of warm spit. <laughs> and and we, we only have spit because a lot of family-friendly publications uh, apparently opted against <laughs> his or, his original turn of phrase, which, which was below the belt. Below the belt. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Well, great insight as always. Olivier Knox uh, from the Washington Post. Uh, and again, make this a part of your day. The the the, anchor, the Daily 202, uh, which uh, Olivier is the anchor of, is just a go-to source, gives you great perspective on the day. Uh, Olivier, I always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for joining us. Always my pleasure. All right. Uh, a lot of very fascinating things there in terms of the vice presidency of the United States. What is the role? Uh, how do you deploy it properly? I do think this current trip, this current mission that Vice President Harris is on is a crucial one. Uh, checking temperature, reaffirming alliances and confidence uh, that America is going to be a trusted ally in that part of the world, especially uh, with the rise of China. Uh, and so many things that are yet to come. And so while in many ways the vice presidency can be seen as a placeholder, uh, again, always uh, a heartbeat, the forever heartbeat away uh, from the top job in the land, 
I think there's important work to be done. They are sort of a super ambassador, as Olivier described it. And there are opportunities there if the vice president leans into it, takes advantage of it, and really magnifies that role as the vice president of the United States. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.